This podcast replay is brought to you by Slowman's Home Security, where you can get a free doorbell camera. The first 40 Big O listeners call 1-800-ALARM-ME and get a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Slowman Shield, and it includes an LED touchscreen, motion detector, three contacts, and backup battery. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. Protect your family. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. You can call us 786-754-4664. Let's bring them aboard. Let's talk a little football to start off our number two of the program. The great Matt Verderam. Ready to go. He is going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, four trips now for them in five years. It's, uh, it's, it's been quite a run. It's uh, worked out. And, you know, look, they, they're the underdog again for the third straight weeks. We'll see what happens. If you want to be a dumbass and give me points with Mahomes, I'll take it, schmuck. You go ahead. Last week, it was three. Then when it went to three and a half, I go, no, 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 no. Let me have that. And then it went to four. I I doubled my bet. And then it went to four and a half, and I tripled my bet. And a a buddy of mine actually got it at five, the son of a bitch, because I would have more money on. Oh, you 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 saw that too? Yeah, there there were a couple of books that went to five before the game. And I'm like, bro, this is a layup. Let's go, dude. And then the other thing, which I was just talking to David, how the hell do you not stay running if you're Baltimore? What I don't know. What was Spags like a really scary kid in Halloween or something? Does he have something in him because? He scared them right out of the run early on, and they come. I don't know what they saw in that defense, but they were convinced that they weren't going to have success. So somehow or another, let's go attack their strength. It was it was very bizarre. I mean, the, the thing that made it so weird to me was a lot of people have pointed out, and correctly, like the Chiefs put seven, eight guys in the line of scrimmage. Teams have done that against the Ravens all year long. I mean, it's not like that's exactly new. The teams have stacked the box against Baltimore and said, look, you're going to have to beat it some other way. And yet, I just think Baltimore panicked. Like, I know that's not, like, dynamite and over-the-top analysis. I think when they saw the Chiefs go down the field on their first two drives and score two touchdowns, I think they started to just feel like, okay, we, we got to score. we got to match them. we got to match them. And they they got away from who they are. I mean, once, once that game turned into Jackson throwing the ball – against that secondary, the game was over. Like, the Chiefs might have the best secondary in football. No, 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 no. There's no might. There's there's no might. And to sit there and throw the ball against Steed and McDuffie the entire game was just insane. I I, Honestly, when they got to halftime at 17-7, I felt like the game was over because I just didn't think Baltimore was going to be able to score enough. And, uh, look, it took a couple of in-zone turnovers, but – in the end, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. I don't know how, if you're Baltimore, you hand the ball to your running back six times, six times in a game that was one or two scores the whole time. It was very bizarre. Yeah, I, I did not understand that, and obviously, but again, you played right into their hands, and you saw all those deep balls. And, and by the way, I was, I don't know if you caught the announcers during the game. I don't know where were you watching the game, or you were just watching it live, so you weren't listening to the announcers, but they kept searching for uh, an interference flag, which. There were a couple times that, like, the end zone one with likely, it was kind of a little interference, but the pass was so short. Yeah, they're not going to call it. And then there were a couple other ones that the passes were so overthrown. All those deep balls pretty much were overthrown. And and, and 
you know, the interesting part that I tell people, the two big plays he made, one came out of a sack that should have happened, and he gets out, he throws that bomb, okay, which you're not going to live like that. More often than not, you will end up sacked. And then the other one was they tipped your pass, which is a negative, but your athleticism, you went and caught the damn ball. But yeah. just like just like the pass that you try to throw to the side, and Chris tips it down, boom, it's over. And, and so these are all the things that I think I, I don't – and there's a part of me also, by the way, it's not all on Todd Munkin. It's also on Lamar it because is. I think Lamar had a hard on this year to prove to people that I'm a pocket passer. And so that's why, to his credit, he stayed patient in the pocket as much as possible to find people. And, yeah, there were times like when our stupid-ass Dolphins, you know, Boyer and Flo for two years blitzed the shit out of him. And as I told you last week, I told you, Spags needs to blitz the shit out of him. And that's exactly what you got to do because you can't allow him to sit there and think and have three and a half, four seconds because any quarterback in the NFL is going to burn your ass if you give him three and a half, four seconds. Don't let him think. And to me, that's the problem with Lamar this year. He got away from who he is also. And maybe he's tired of the injuries and the bumps and the bruises, but it's just like Josh Allen. It's the same thing where a lot of us were wrong. Oh, dude, they run Josh too much. That's stupid. Well, guess what? That's the only way he can play. Because yeah, he's back there to throw 40 times. If he does, he's going to throw three or four interceptions. Yeah, look, I mean, in the end, the, the Ravens are not built to throw the ball 37 times, which is how many times they threw the ball. And if you, if you told me before that game they're throwing the ball 30 or more times, I would have said, oh, they're, they're, they're going to lose. I mean, they're going to lose that game. They panicked. And I think one thing that in that game really shown through was the experience and the lack of it in some cases. You know, I mean, you have before the game, Justin Tucker's on the side of the field and he's kind of getting in Mahomes' way. And it's like, what, man, what are you doing? Just go to the other side of the field. Go to where you normally are. Then on top of that, it, there's five personal fouls in the game, all by Baltimore. And yeah. a lot of them just dumb, just dumb oh, stuff. I mean, Clowney, Clowney could have hit Mahomes, but he, he leads with the helmet. It's a penalty 10 times out of 10. Travis Jones was like he wasn't thrown out. He basically tried to take his head off. That's 15 yards. Kyle Van Noy, third guy in. You're going to get 15 yards. I mean, Zay Flowers, you push the guy down, you spin the ball on his face, you stay, I mean, you're, you're going to get flagged. Like, those uh, five penalties. The linebacker, off, he puts the offensive lineman on his ass. drills him. Yeah, I mean, it's – and you know what? That, to me, that along with the, 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 the departure from the run game, that was experience. That was just panic. And not knowing what to do. I also think, frankly, Kansas City did something I didn't think they could do. They just bullied him. They just intimidated him from the start of the game. He physically, yeah. they had a seven-minute drive and a nine-minute drive to start the game. They basically just said, look, we're going we're gonna to push you all over the field. And Baltimore, to Baltimore's credit, in the second half, they responded. But by the time they responded, they were down 10 points. Right. And it was, it was too late. I, what I love is your team sucked running the ball. But yeah. – but they kept doing it. <laughs> but you didn't stop because yeah. you kept those linebackers and that D-line honest. They right. knew because the, the beauty of that is, and again, for, for the Ravens, and by the way, for Todd, if you're watching, if you run more, there's like less people like getting after your quarterback moron. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like, it, it's what I was saying before you came on. There's only two guys in the league that I would trust and say, you have no running game tonight. 
you got to sling it 40 times, and it's Mahomes and Burrow, and it ends there. I agree. You, I agree. Now, there's a reason why Burrow gets injured all the time. When you do that, yeah. <laughs> people are teeing off on you, and Andy Reid would not have none of that. You're not just going to tee off on Mahomes. We're not going to tell you, yeah, we've abandoned the run and we're just going to pass. And so now everybody's confident, and now they're going to blitz, and they're going to – brother, they were taking shots at Mahomes. <laughs> They weren't able to tee off on him. Can you imagine if they would have been able to tee off on Mahomes? There you go. It was just a, it was a very bizarre game by Baltimore. It was a team that it felt like there was there was desperation almost from seven nothing. I mean, it was just a bizarre game. I mean, you have Gus Edwards rip off a fifteen yard run on your second drive. The guy doesn't get the ball again until the third quarter. It was yeah. just weird. I mean, everything about it was quite honestly. Baltimore's lucky they weren't down by a, a heck of a lot more at halftime. I mean, there's a, a penalty, which was fine. You know, it's a hold on Smith that comes back. Um, you know, they, they turn the ball over. Reed's got to take the goddamn field goal, dude. You yeah, got to yeah. goddamn kick, field goal. Go for go. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they, they, that game easily could have been 20, 24, seven at halftime, and that game's over. I mean, we're not even having this conversation. That game's a, a blowout. It's a runaway. Yeah. But you know, it's for Baltimore. It's tough. I mean, now you go into the offseason, and you got a ton of free agents. I mean, whether you're talking about Clowney or you're talking about Matabike or you're talking about Beckham uh, or Zeitler or, I mean, on and on and on. There's a Geno Stone. I mean, you had seven picks this year. There's a lot of guys who are free agents. And so now you're to a point like, if you're Baltimore, that was probably your best shot because now Jackson's contract kicks in. You're paying huge money to him. And you're going to lose a lot of these guys. I mean, you'll keep a few of them, but you're going to lose a lot of them. And you have other guys that team were older. Van Noy just had nine sacks. He's not having nine sacks again. I mean, you, you had a year where you got, you got you know, by, Queen, by the way, is another one's a free agent, Patrick Queen. Like, you have yeah. another, you know, what, how many years, how many good years out of Marlon Humphrey are left? You know, I mean, how many really good years? It, it's tough. You're losing a lot of guys. J.K. Dobbins, I have no idea at this point, health-wise, what, what he can give you going forward. It's been unfortunate, but he's hurt all the time. So if you're the Ravens, I mean, you got, you got listen, they're going to be good. But that team was loaded. And to lose that game, and score 10 points, that's a brutal way to end it. Yeah. By the way, they got the Keaton kid that got injured. He'll come back, and that's probably yes. will be Dobbin's replacement. Yeah, I, he's a, I believe he's a fifth rounder, so he's cheap. Yeah, so yeah he was day three. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that, that'll help out. Here's the other thing, okay? So the season started all screwed up for the Chiefs with the offense and frustrations and all that. Now it's turned into a glorious finish at the end. But then the other thing that's kind of developed that we didn't see coming, is this the best defense that Pat Mahomes has ever had? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Easily. I mean, this they in Baltimore, right, the two best defenses in the NFL this year. I mean, that was the one thing we talked about last week, I believe. Yeah. I thought it was really underplayed. I mean, they're number two in almost everything defensively this year. Everything. I mean, number two in sacks, number two in pressure rate. Uh, against the pass, they were number one in a variety of categories or number two, depending on what you were looking at. And I, you know, it makes for an interesting game against the 49ers because, quite honestly, I have a feeling in this game, I think the Chiefs are going to do exactly what they did to the Ravens. They're going to put a bunch of guys to the line. They're going to blitz the hell out of Purdy. They're going to put Stephen McDuffie on an island outside. They're going to say, go ahead, beat, right. beat us. And, I mean, it's a weird game because you don't have a secondary to do it. That's the that's, that's the why. They can just match up. They don't care. They, they can right. match up with you. They, they got three or four corners they trust, two of which are all pro-level players. And, and, the most, and the most physical secondary in the NFL, by yes. the way. Yes. I mean, Sneed especially. Sneed basically plays That's like it's a boxing match. Ask Tyreek Hill. Ask Tyreek yeah, right. Hill. Ragdolls. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's 
that's going to be fascinating because it's weird. Normally, you think of the Niners and the Chiefs, and you think, well, the Niners are the defensive team. And that really isn't the case. I mean, the Chiefs this year have been much more of a defensive team. The Niners are an average defensive team in a lot of metrics this year. I mean, it's been – so you have Mahomes going against the weaker of the two defenses, and you have Spagnuolo against Purdy. I mean, for me, if the Niners are going to win this game, Purdy's got to play the best games ever played because if he doesn't, they're just going to say, well, you're not running the ball, and we're going to just tee off constantly, and you're going to have to deal with it. It's a, it, if they win the Super Bowl this year, Mahomes is going to get all the credit, which, listen, that's part of the deal. You get the credit, you get the play as a quarterback. That defense is the reason they're winning the Super Bowl. I mean, Mahomes has been has been terrific down the stretch, but that defense is the single reason they're in the position they're in right now. I've already made three bets. I took them at one, I took them at plus one and a half, and I took them at plus two now. You want to keep doing that? Go ahead, bro. You want to keep giving me points? Go ahead. I was shocked. Watch, I me, be honest take, with you. watch me take the money line also. Okay. I was shocked. I was shocked they were an underdog in the game. Like when that line broke, I respect San Francisco, but I was like, it's Mahomes and Purdy. You're gonna take like, like I'm not a gambler. I don't bet, but to me, if I ever did, that'd be like a mortgage payment on that. Like you're gonna, I mean, you have Mahomes and Purdy, and Mahomes is playing against the worst defense. Like I, I just couldn't. Believe, I was like, my God, like I could see it if it was years ago when they played, you know, Buckner and Armstead and, and Ford and that whole line with Bosa and. And Sherman and, and Jimmy Ward in the backfield. I mean, who? Like, it's not. It's not a great Niners defense. I mean, Armstead's still there. He's not the player he once was years ago. Bosa's an excellent player. The linebackers are very good. And Ward's a very good corner. But like the rest of that defense, you can attack it. You can go after it. And I. Yeah. And they don't do a whole lot of disguising. They kind of play a very static. De- if Mahomes knows what you're doing, it's over. I mean, he's going to throw the ball over. I just. I was shocked. I saw that line. I was like, wow, okay. They're on the dogs. By the way, Kelsey is playing at an incredibly high level. That catch he made in the middle of the field. One, one, it was a a sensational throw because he put it where only Kelsey could catch it, but the effort Kelsey made to catch it. Yes. He's now now in that zone, too, which Mm -hmm. is also, you know, scary. So that's going to be Knowing them well – one thing about this game that will be a legitimate factor is they got to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with the chance to repeat, and it was the worst night of their lives. They, they got blown out. They couldn't block. If you don't think that that is in the minds of everybody who played on that football team a couple of years ago, I mean, especially the guys with legacies on it, where they're going to be sitting there going, well, nobody's done this in 20-plus years. Well, we, we had a shot, and we blew it. I mean, I, I think of the four teams they've played in the Super Bowl, this, is the, this Niners team is probably the weakest in four. I mean, I thought the Eagles were better a year ago. Uh, the Buccaneers had Brady. I mean, that alone, they're this right. carrier. And then that, that first Niners team, that team was a more complete team. That team was ridiculous on defense. I, you know, look, I respect this 49ers team. I think they're good. But I just think this is – this might be one of those games where it's a little bit of a buzzsaw. I mean, Kansas City is just – they're rolling right now. They didn't play well year long. But they're playing well now. And they're yeah. they just trucking people. Again, it's what we talked about. Teams like this get bored with the regular season. Yeah. And now that the heat has picked up the last couple of weeks, th- right. this is what they want. They love this shit. And th- you know what? I think Kansas City becomes more dangerous now because they're coming off two road wins, something yeah. they had never done before. So now you're also trying to do something you had never done before, win back-to-back Super Bowls on top right. of all of that. So you you're just fueling this fire for this team. There's uh, Now there are carrots dangling in front of them. Oh, you don't think we're good enough. Oh, Vegas doesn't think we're good enough. 
Oh, okay, great. Oh, you think we're over the hill? Oh, you think we can't play? Oh, you think Kelsey's done? Oh, you think? And so you just giving them also bulletin board material. And then, you know, and then this defense has surprised us to be as great as they are now, too, on top of all of that, because this secondary that they drafted two years ago has matured into the best secondary in the NFL. That's some pretty impressive shit. It's funny. A, you're right. B, you know, they've been underdogs four times in the last two years in the playoffs, and obviously they're, they're four and up, and they've won all these games. Um, it's, I, it, you know, listen, this is more of a gut feel than anything else. I just feel in this game like the Chiefs are going to be motivated to the hilt in this game for all the reasons you just mentioned. But I just think Mahomes, I mean, let's face it, at this point, he's not chasing anybody playing right now. He's chasing ghosts. And to do that, you know, if you repeat, you join a very select few guys who have ever done that. And you join, you know, the obviously Brady, Montana, Aikman, Greasy, Star, Bradshaw. But in the Super Bowl, or excuse me, the salary cap era, the only guy to ever do it is Brady and, and Elway. Those are the only two guys. I mean, right. you know, Aikman did it one year in the cap, one year not. But, like, it, you look at this. I mean, this is just an opportunity. Look, I think I think it's going to be a good game, but I, I really do feel like in this game, the Chiefs, sometimes you just look at a team, and you're like, they're just playing their best right now. They're the, they're the best they've been right now. And that team, and they get a week off here, obviously, so do the Niners. But, you know, Kelsey, get out and get that week of rest. Uh, they'll get. They should get Willie Gay back. That'll be big for the middle of their defense. I mean, it's just they're playing. They're playing lights out. They're playing great football. How, uh, what kind of a loss is Charles? Because he had, I believe, seven sacks in eleven yeah. games. So he was a nice little pickup in free agency. Dude. Very nice. Very nice. It's unfortunate. He uh, he was excellent for him. I mean, look, they have depth there. They have Carl Loftus and, and Mike Dan, who I think had seven and a half sacks this year. Uh, he'll play a lot, and, and they they kick Jones outside on third down. So they they'll do that. I mean. They, but he's a loss. He's a loss for sure. I don't expect Tooney to play either. Uh, I think Tooney's going to be out for that game. So, um, you know, they're going to be missing those two guys. I think Gay will be back. Uh, I don't think anybody else will be missing that wasn't missing in the AFC title game. They got out of that relatively healthy outside of Amenahu. But he's a loss. That said, I think, you know, one of the one of the strengths, one of the reasons that defense has been so good this year is their depth. They just have so many guys who can come in and play. But he's definitely a loss. He's been He's been excellent for them this season. Okay, uh, before I ask you about the Senior Bowl, one question, and I got to tell you, I I forgot I, I, the tweets out there. I told you right when it happened. I think you were kind of like talking about the trade a little bit, and I told you Ananobi would be a fantastic compliment <laughs> to the guard. It's working and, out. And, in fact, I told you, I think in that same tweet, I told you if the Knicks get one more star, they're a contender, okay? Because I, I, I like uh, the big guy. I don't really look at him as a superstar or anything, but I think they need one more star next to him. But let me tell you, Ananobi, brother, that's been that's been a hell of a pickup for you guys. That uh, was yeah. a perfect fit, dude. They're, they're fourteen and two since that trade, and they right now they don't have Randall and Brun and, and Ananobi didn't even play the last two games and. Since Ananobi, I, I hope I'm not wrong with this. I think they've won by an average of 19 points per game. I mean, they're just annihilating teams. They, they killed Denver. They killed Philly. Uh, they just beat somebody else the other day. It was pretty – oh, Miami. They beat the Heat in, in a game that was close to the fourth quarter, and they pulled away. Yeah, everybody but, uh, beats the Heat right now. I know. The, it is true. It is true. But they'll be fine. The Heat, they'll be a seven seed. They'll, they'll, they'll be in the conference final. But it's uh, – no, they've been unbelievable. The Knicks have been – I mean, it's the best they've been since the 90s when I, I was a kid. And they had Ewing and Oakley and Starks and all those guys. No, it's been 
it's been fun. It's been great. All right. So, uh, what? Anything stand out so far at the uh, Senior Bowl? Yeah, you know, I tell you, I like some of these receivers. I really do. Uh, you know, Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son, uh, out of USC. He's he's looked great. He's been good. I talked to him a little bit yesterday. I, you know, look, everybody here loves Ladd McConkey out of Georgia. Everybody's obsessed with him. Um, you can see he runs nice shots. I'll tell you what, out of your state, uh, Pearsall for the Gators. He's he's. I led my notebook with uh, with he he Roman Wilson and uh, and Brendan Rice yesterday. Those three Watch receivers. Out those Gator receivers there. I know. His chief. I know. I know, but he looks great. He's, he's been the best route runner here, him and McConkie. Um, I, I was impressed by that. I, and then, you know, I thought the quarterbacks so far, I think, have been so-so. I mean, Penix and, and Knicks, I thought Knicks was, was okay yesterday. Probably the same with Penix. I thought Hartman struggled for Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, I thought he had a tough day. Um, but, you know, the quarterbacks have kind of in the storyline here, of course, as they always are. And I, I thought they were okay yesterday. They're, they're actually starting to do team drills now with some of these guys. I'm curious to see how they play today. I'd, see, I'd like to see them pick up their games a little bit. All right. Good stuff. And look at you looking at receivers, knowing that Kansas City is probably going to add one in the uh, draft. There's then. a ton of them out here. What do you want me to do? I I got my eyes. I'll, I'll tell you what, on the defensive side of the ball, flip it around. I like Hall out of uh, Ohio State, the D-lineman. He has got he, he put a nasty spin move on a tackle yesterday. I like him. And in the corner, I, there's a lot of corners actually here pretty good. A couple of kids out of Penn State. Uh, Kalen King, I like him a lot. Uh, Dixon's a guy who, like, I think he needs to be refined. He's, like, overly physical. But if you can work on his feet, I think he could be pretty good as, like, a day three pick. And then the kid Cam Hart out of Notre Dame, I like him. Big kid, big kid, long. I, I think he uh, he might be a, a guy who rises during this process. Yeah, and, and look at you looking at a defensive lineman because, again, Chris Jones. They can draft, they can draft anybody. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to cover the whole thing. I I know where you're coming from. I know your Chiefs. I know what they might be looking for. So I understand. You 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 always play chess, bro. I know. The rest of us are playing checkers, you're playing chess. All right, what do you got going on in Sports Illustrated so folks hey, can check out my friend? Actually, so I will pedal it one more time. So right now this week, we're it's a five-part series and it's uh the 50 most influential teams in NFL history. Um Go online at SI.com. Go check it out. Today, it's 30 through 21. We're releasing them 10 teams at a time, so the first 30 are out. Uh, I'll tell everybody here, the 1984 Dolphins are already released. They're out on the list. There are, there's another Dolphins team to come, as you can imagine. Uh, but uh, listen, go check that out. I, I interviewed Nat Moore for that, uh, for that part of it. Um, it's, it's been great. It's, it's in print. It's 16 pages if you want to read it in print. But it's, it's, it, the word count is cut down significantly in print because it has to be. Online, it's about 5,000 words a day. But it is it is not just me. It is panelists talking, but it is also guys like Nat Moore, guys like Dan Founts, guys like Bob Trumpy, uh, you know, Joe Namath. You name it. They're in there. So uh, please check that out. It was a six-month-long piece of work. Of, it, it took a while. So I'd appreciate it if people go read it. Nat Moore, one of the finest human beings Great on guy. the entire planet. Great okay? guy. You will not find a better human being than Nat Moore. He is just outstanding. And so are you, sir. Follow Matt Verderam on Twitter at Matt Verderam and catch his work there at Sports Illustrated. Matt, as always, have a great week, my friend. Enjoy Mobile, and I'm going to miss that barbecue with you. I know. I'm going there in about a half hour. I'll miss right. you. Take care. You got it, brother. Be good. There you go. The great Matt Verderam. We love him, man. Great segment, as always. We appreciate it big time. Oh, man. What else? What do we have here on the chat board? 
I don't know if Reed or Mahomes said it, but the offense wasn't there to score in the second half. They were there just to take time off. If the Ravens made it close, the Chiefs would have scored the next drive. Well, they also left a field goal right there at the end of the game. And they left a field goal in the first half. Those are six points there they easily could have had on top of everything else uh, that was going on. Uh, either way, man, uh, listen, that's a good defense that Baltimore has. It was just amazing how the Chiefs got them completely out of their game that quickly. So, yeah. Uh, Jermaine says, also overthrew an open receiver on a deep pass down the sidelines. Well, if you watched, Lamar overthrew several receivers because that's kind of what he does down the sidelines. Uh, Gus says, have you noticed that San Francisco, Detroit, and Kansas City, everybody touches the ball on their offense. Take notes, Mike McDaniel. Yeah, exactly. We know he's got to use the running game a lot more. He's got to spread the ball around. Okay. He's got to get plays in on time. There's uh, a lot of things he's got to do. He's got to start winning challenges on a consistent basis. Lamar is a mid-QB, but an elite runner. Exactly. That's it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eli Apple was one of those guys who likes to party a lot and said Cam Smith should have started over Eli Apple. That's what Omar Kelly said. Well, I don't know. Uh, I didn't listen uh, to what Omar Kelly said, and I can just tell you that We'll find out about Cam Smith this coming season. We'll see if it was that the old man just had it out for him. We don't know. We'll find out. But you don't don't be telling me that Javon Holland wants to go out and party and, and Jalen Ramsey. No, dude. Sorry. Uh, that, that, that shit with, with Jaws doesn't fly. So, you know, uh, the, those are when – when Javon Holland is complaining about you, I have a problem with the person he's complaining about. Do you know what that means? That means I trust Javon Holland more than I trust Vic Fangio or uh, Ron Jaworski, especially Ron Jaworski, who knows nothing inside the building with the Dolphins. I have... I have more access than Ron Jaworski in the Dolphin building 30 years ago. Now it's not even close. But when I was first getting into the business, I had more connections in that building at that point. And I didn't have a lot of connections at that point. So I, I don't think Ron Jaworski knows jack shit about what's going on here, to be quite honest. And when you're telling me that the people complaining and then those were partying and then that's Javon Holland and that's Jalen Ramsey, you lost me there. You lost all credibility with me right there. You're done. I want nothing to know with you anymore. By the way, Bitcoin is racing to 44,000 right now. It's at 43,448. Uh, it's been going up steady here for the last couple of hours here. So looking for that fifth straight month in the green. Bitcoin. That's pretty damn impressive, ladies and gentlemen. Pretty damn impressive. And we'll see what happens in two hours when when Powell addresses the, me the media. Hopefully he uh, he gives some positive stuff. 
Andel's back down to 22 when I told you last week. It went up to 26, right? And so now it's down to 22, and I'm getting in now. I'm going to get in uh, on a little Ando now. Uh, I was thinking about it, but now I'm in. Uh, by the way, you can make a donation through Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. And, of course, you can make a Bitcoin donation too, Cash App or Venmo, Cash Big O Show. Um, let's, uh, let's get to our three graphic sports calendar before I get to what I want to talk about with the dolphins and the heat, uh, and the NFL we got, we got a couple of, uh, hot button subjects I want to get into, but first of all, Alan Blanco and the great people at three, a graphics last night, the Canes lost to lost to NC state 74 to 68. They've got Vatek noon on Saturday tonight, the Kings and the heat in action, uh, seven 30, the tip. No Duncan Robinson. He's out. Panthers off till next Tuesday. All-Star weekend. They'll take on the Flyers on the 6th of February, next Tuesday, the day I get my operation on my foot. Um, Saturday, it'll be FAU, the number 20 team in the country. They moved up in the standings. They will host Tulsa, 6 o'clock. And tonight, 7.30, baby, the Sharks are roaming the waters. They're visiting Lynn University and those fighting Knights. NSU, of course, 15 and 2, 9 and 2 in the conference, 3 and 2 on the road. Lynn, by the way, is 9 and 0 at home. So they have not lost at home. So Nova looks to hand Lynn their first loss at home. That is your 3A graphics sports calendar, custom printing, and embroidery. Call Alan Blanco and the great people at 3A graphics. They will get it done. I promise you that. Um, Heat-wise, so the Heat have got some issues. They've lost seven in a row. They are eleven and five in their uh, five and eleven in their last sixteen, which is way more depressing than seven in a row. Five and eleven in the last sixteen. They've got the Kings tonight. I don't know why the Heat are favored by a point and a half. That is just absolutely weird, to be quite honest. And now we've got people on ESPN coming out and saying, oh, they should trade Jimmy Butler. This is the deal. This is what's coming out now. Trade Jimmy Butler. Time to trade for Jimmy Butler. And these are these weak-ass hot takes that we get on ESPN because, you know, it's so obvious. This is the stuff that fans come up with. You know, trade Butler now when it's, like, brutally obvious. And it's almost impossible to trade him. Most teams cannot take on Jimmy's ego. Most teams can't handle Jimmy's ego. Most teams will not want to pay him $50 million a year while he plays. 65% of the games and maybe 50% of the games cuz some of the games he's playing he's not even trying so i don't need brother i don't even know it's 50 maybe it's 35% of the games where he actually tries hard to trade for that and then it's also very injury prone so this is a guy that's going to miss games or take games off. 
It's interesting, right? So it sounds cute there. Oh, no, let's go trade Butler now. But Kendrick Perkins, of course, does not get it. So these are lazy takes. But that's all you get on ESPN. That's what you get on Fox. And that's what you get in local radio a lot of times. Lazy ass takes. That's a lazy take. It's a lazy take because you didn't think about it. You didn't realize where they're at now with the salary, his age, his wear and tear, and who he is. How many teams, think about this, how many teams can take on Jimmy Butler, the character, the injury history, and salary? Well, a lot. There aren't a lot of teams saying, yeah, we'll make $50 million. You know what they're going to do? They're going to unload bad salaries on you. That's what's going to end up happening. Now, if you trade him two or three years ago, you don't have the last couple of years of watching him not give a shit about the regular season. Because everybody in the league, in the world, knows that Jimmy Butler doesn't give a shit about the regular season. So it's really nice for Kendrick Perkins to go off and, hey, it fills some time, but it makes little to no sense because you waited too long to do it. You had to do it two or three years ago. Doing it now is going to be near impossible because most teams don't want him. And Philadelphia would have been the only real logical place because they're kind of desperate to get over the hump. I don't know. Have you seen anything on the Joel Embiid news yet? But I hope it's not a serious injury because if it is, they're out too now. That's like the only place I can think because Joel Embiid will fight for him. But they are going to give you, you know, something back. And it may not be a good salary. And it may be another player that's overpaid. So are you just better off keeping Butler on your roster for the last two years that are left and just get out of the contract? And this is why I kept, you know, every time Ira tells me about extensions, I lose my mind. Okay? And Ira's been about giving him the extension I would hope that, you know, writers locally change their tune. You know what I mean? Because it does not make any sense to give Jimmy Butler an extension. And trading him, you're not really, you know, if you're going to give me back Tobias Harris and I have to take that salary for that many years and he's overpaid, yeah, I'm not doing that. So Philly chose Tobias Harris over Butler. Now they realize they need Butler, not Tobias Harris. So we're going to give you Tobias Harris back if you give us Butler. Yeah, I, why make that trade? So let's just go through the two years and wait till and, and, and then get it off the books. I know they will be better because Spo is the man. He'll figure shit out. He's awesome. Spo is amazing. But at the same time, we know what this team is. They're not championship caliber. They don't have an they don't have that other star that they need. And we all love Bam Adebayo the player. Some of you unfortunately have a complete misunderstanding who he is as a player. And so he's not a star. And certainly Tyler isn't a star. So if you can't acquire a star, the Jimmy Butler thing doesn't work. You'll have some nice runs, but you're not you're not going to win a championship. 
We'll see what happens. I doubt they trade Butler. And I doubt they can acquire a star or two in the process. That's all I can say. All right. Now, this leads me to a frustrating yet funny-ass story in the NBA. I mean, an absolutely funny-ass story in the NBA. And it's one of those karma stories where I get the one player that's mad, but at the same time, I'm just going to sit back and say, hey, NBA players, screw you. Okay? All of you NBA players, screw you. I have no sympathy for NBA players. Screw all of you. Tyrese Halliburton. The NBA initiated a new 65-game rule for players to qualify for regular season accolades. The idea was eradicated from load management, the frequent resting of players. However, when a player such as Tyrese Halliburton misses time due to a legitimate injury, he stands to lose more than $40 million for no fault of his own. The flip side of the rule that has many enraged. Having missed 14 games already, Halliburton can't afford to sit out only three more games to remain in contention for an all-NBA honor and the financial bonus that comes with it. The 23-year-old inked a five-year contract extension last July with a base salary of $204.5 million. That could increase to $245 million, provided he makes an all-NBA team or wins Defensive Player of the Year. Halliburton says, I think it's a stupid rule, like plenty of the guys in the league, but this is what it is and what the owners want. So as players, we got to do our job and play in 65 games if we're able to. So that's what I got to do, take care of my body to be able to play in those games. And I think you're seeing other players in the league kind of face the same thing as long as owners are happy. Hey, Tyrese, um, it's about the fans, not about you, dude. Not about all of your teammates across the league and not about the stinking owners. The owners are trying to help save their game because too many idiots around the league, Tyrese, just take games off. And guess what, Tyrese? You don't get your money. Do you feel bad for the family of four that spent $250 on parking, tickets, and concessions and Jimmy Butler didn't play, or Tyrese Halliburton didn't play, or LeBron James didn't play, or Joel Embiid chose to take a night off. Do you feel sorry for them, Tyrese? You know what I'm saying? Because those families will never see $204 million like you are. See, here's where I tell NBA players to go themselves. Pretty simple, NBA. Go yourself. You schmucks only have to play 82 games in a season. You don't even work the whole year. You don't even work for a lifetime, you bunch of lazy pieces of shit. 
you know, I'm tired of whining millionaire players. Okay. I get that Tyrese Halliburton is frustrated and maybe he's a character guy that doesn't take games off and he had a legitimate injury, which he did. But hey, bro, you work in a lazy league. You work in a league that wants to steal the fans' money because they're not willing to put in an every day's, a hard day's work every single day like they're supposed to. And yet fans are paying to see you every game. And some fans travel. Some fans can only go to three or four games or one game a year, and they spend a fortune. And when they get there, all of a sudden, Trey Young's not playing because he wants to take a night off. So this rule had to be created because you people are too freaking lazy, disrespectful. Yeah, NBA players, you're all disrespectful. You're all lazy. You're all pathetic. You're all a freaking embarrassment, dude. You're getting paid millions of dollars. They're asking you to play 82 games in 365 days a year. You fly on the best planes. You have the best hotels, the best food, the best training. Michael Jordan had a tenth of what you had. And he played every night. And, and went to casinos the night before. And till two in the morning, then came out and scored 40 points on your ass the next day and was going through the McDonald's drive-thru and then playing again. Alonzo Mourning did not want to take a night off. You know, that that's what I respect. I don't respect shit in the NBA in the regular season. Why? Because you don't give a shit about the about the fans. You don't care about the game. Don't give me this selfish bullshit. Don't give me this wear and tear stuff. I don't give a shit about your wear and tear. Brother, you signed up. You signed the contract. The coal miner doesn't get to pick and choose what days he wants to go down. Nah, you know, my lungs feel a little hard today. I, you know, I don't feel like going down there. No, that's your job is to go down there. Sorry, you know. I don't feel like patrolling the streets. I might get shot today. Sorry, you're a cop. You decided to take this job. They don't take days off. They can't take days off. We all have days off, but you can't go taking whatever you're supposed to work. Cops just can't call in and say, I'm supposed to work, but I don't feel like it today. You think a judge wants to deal with 80 people on the docket every day and dealing with idiots and their minds are going crazy and teachers and all that? They got to go to work. NBA players are like the only people in the world that are getting paid millions of dollars to do jack shit. So Tyrese Halliburton, bro, I'm sorry that you're going to lose 40 million maybe. I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe you won't. Maybe you have luck and you stay healthy all year. But I don't really give a shit. I have no sympathy for any NBA player. Why should I? You don't care about the league. You don't care about the fans. You don't even care about your own team winning, Jimmy Butler. You don't give a shit. 
You don't give a shit. Jimmy Butler doesn't give a shit. Not during the regular season. And he's all right with that, by the way. He knows everybody's saying that about him. He knows everybody knows that about him. And yet he's going to continue. Thanks, Greg Popovich. That guy can't suffer enough. Okay? I am enjoying every suck-ass season he has post their uh, big three. It's fantastic to watch. He does. He can't lose enough in my book. If Vladi Divac brought us flopping and Popovich brought us laziness. Oh, wear and tear. Oh, screw you, dude. You're, you're retiring at 33 or 35 or 30 years old with a bag of money in your bank. Get out of my face. Get out of my face, dude. Wear and tear, you wussies. I mean, M the NBA is just, you know, they're derelicts. That's what they are. They have they they just are lazy and don't care about their responsibilities. And that's it. So I have zero sympathy for for NBA players since they have zero sympathy for you. Anyway, uh, Brooklyn Rob, will the contest tonight include bulletproof vests like they use in Arkansas? <laughs> uh, I don't think we'll have any of those. Uh, right or wrong, Holland shouldn't be yapping on Twitter like a teenager, shaking my head, handle it like a man in person. Um, what does that mean? He put a thing on, on Instagram. So the guy leaves after a year, and that's pretty much dissing the team and the and the and the defense. And so jo, um, Javon Holland can express himself. I completely disagree with you. I have no problem with that. Uh, Big R, are you concerned with the current showings that Inter might? No, dude, it's preseason, dude. Who gives a shit about preseason? Anybody worried about preseason? Oh, come on, dude. Frankie, please. Let's go. It's preseason, dude. Yes. You know there's a big matchup on Thursday, right? I don't know. What's what's the matchup? What are we talking about? Enter Miami. I don't know who they're playing. Ronaldo and Messi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're uh, they're over in uh in, in Saudi um, Arabia. Saudi Arabia, yes, exactly. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Well, now Ronaldo's out. Oh, he is? Yes, he's out. <laughs> Calf, he's going to miss this game. It's a it's preseason. It's a friendly. Who gives this shit, dude? Preseason? You're saying preseason? Exactly. We're talking preseason? We're talking exhibition? Exhibition? Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about exhibition, dude. Uh, Jets let go of Connor Hughes, assistant GM. Guess Joe Douglas, assistant GM to Aaron Rodgers. Yep, yeah, basically, Gus, Gus, 1388. That's a good one. Oh, can we trade Hero for what? For what? What's he worth? What's he worth? I mean, 
You're not going to get shit for Hero. Uh, Jimmy Butler is one of those guys, Big O. He basically takes the regular season off. I know. And that's why it, it'll be very hard to impossible to trade him. You, He's already shown you the last couple of years how he handles it, and teams aren't going to want that. That that by the way, that rule that Halliburton is suffering from, it should be called the Jimmy Butler rule. Since he sets the example on how to take days off. Uh man of a thousand five holds advancing technology and medicine, and still players of the 80s and 90s are still tougher than those guys now. Yeah, oh God, it's not even close. He loves the playoff Jimmy moniker, yeah. Yeah, because that's the only time he plays. Uh, Sean Hoare, Leslie Frazier could be the guy. You never know, my man. Could be him. Could be Brandon Staley. Big O's so right about this. NBA is lazy and disrespectful because there's nothing more disrespectful than you're just resting and people are paying their hard-earned money to see you. I, I just, I don't know how you buy season tickets anymore in the NBA. I don't know how you do that. It doesn't make any sense to buy season tickets in the NBA. Not since they don't care about the regular season and they're not going to play the regular season. Why should you pay full tilt for that? That, that to me makes zero sense. Uh, Big O, I was talking about his Twitter comments towards players, not about Fangio. Well, I, I've never seen him com comment on other players, so I don't know about that one, Basketball Jones. I will have to plead ignorant on that one. I don't know any examples about him going after players. You know anything about that with with uh, with Javon Holland going after players? In fact, this is the first time I've ever seen him do something negative for somebody like Fangio. So I don't know. If you have an example, send it to me because I'd like to know because normally I never see him do that. Oh, you should have a class to teach the NBA players work ethic. They don't want to know any of that shit, dude. Nah, true fan fan. I disagree. He says, I personally think Jimmy wants out. I wish I was one of the ones opening the door for him. Nah, I don't think so. I just think he wants he wants to have his cake and eat it too. That's all he wants to do, my friend. Uh, oh, Jimmy plays like the Chiefs did this regular season. They get bored of the regular season. The problem with Jimmy is he doesn't realize how important seating is. Yeah, the problem, problem with that is if you think you're going to come out of the bottom again like you did last year, they were they were trailing. Uh, was it five minutes left in the fourth quarter with the uh, Bulls or something? I want to say you you were on the brink of elimination against the Bulls, right? I think it was. I don't know, man. Playing with fire in that one. Yeah, put it this way. If you once again, okay, there's something called the uh, the Drake Passage. It's in the bottom of South America, okay? It's where the Atlantic Ocean, where, well, the Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean meet, and the Scotia Sea or Scotia Sea or whatever the hell it is, because the plate is there. And it's one of the most treacherous bodies of water in the world, okay? And to cross that, you've got to be an experienced uh, sailor. Right. And everybody knows it because you have three oceans colliding in one spot there in the Drake Passage. 
to the bottom of it. It's where Argentina and Chile and, you know, all and Antarctica and all that meet, right? And so, and there's a tectonic plate that's there also. So it creates some brutal seas. Because again, it's three oceans running into each other, atmosphere, swirling winds, all that kind of shit. That's what it's going to be for the Miami Heat. If they think that they're going to get away with that again, and they're going to be a, a an eight seed and they're or a nine seed, and they're going to have to go through the play-in round, and and you know they they got through the Drake passage once, okay. I don't think they're going to get through the Drake passage again. Let's put it that way. Okay. Have some fun. Look up the Drake passage. You can learn a little bit about that rough body of water. I know for Argentine people or, or Chilean people or whatever, you probably know already about it, but some of you out there, why would you give a shit? But that's what I would compare it. A sailor trying to get through the Drake passage, which is just brutal. Like it, it makes government cut here in Miami, which is bad, by the way. You know, you ever seen the, the the smaller boats that are trying to get through government cut? That shit is funny, dude. Okay, like funny, like people flying off boats and shit like that. That kind of funny. I mean, awesome. And that's just right here in government cut. All right, think about it. That's just government cut, where you get some rough waters. This is three oceans literally meeting in one place it becomes a violent ocean at that point that's what it's going to be for the miami heat they're going to be setting sail and it's it's going to be it's going to be tough it's going to be tough to get through it again that's all i can tell you uh Gordon Shumway says, I feel I feel for the guys who miss games with legit injuries, but the players brought this rule on themselves. If it wasn't for load management, they wouldn't need this rule. Actions have consequences. Exactly. That's why I have zero sympathy for, for, for Halliburton or anybody else because the entire league is lazy and they don't care about fans or the regular season. So why should I give a shit or have any kind of sympathy for them? Uh, Big O and Sean and people wonder why I don't watch the NBA. I loved it in the 80s and 90s and the early 2000s. It's changed. Big O, you were you, uh, were you known as Mr. Big Shot in high school? Nope. Nope. No, sir. Definitely not a big shot. Still not a big shot. Never will be a big shot, sir. Just a regular dude, brother. That's it. I'm just a regular dude. There's nothing... I may I may have the nickname Big O, but that's about it. You know, I wasn't a big shot. No, still not a big shot. Never will be a big shot. Just a regular guy, my brother. And I'm happy that way. I'm very happy that way. Uh, kind of like you have to be experienced in Bitcoin to invest in Sailor. Damn right. Hey, Sailor. The interview is gold. Thank you, sir. You mean hollover, oh? Oh, what did I say? What were we talking about? What was it? What was the hollover? What was the comment? Now I forgot. Oh, you mean the government cut is the one in hollover? Is that the one, or is it the one by by Miami government cut? 
Because that's the one I was talking about. Because that is where the sailboats go through. I mean, the 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 cruise ships go through that cut. That's what I was talking about. But you're right. Also, by the way, that one is brutal too. Uh, let's see. And Jimmy wasn't even the reason the Heat won the last play in that game. It was Max Struess who was having a career game. Yeah. That's right. I'm just a regular dude that likes crypto. You are correct, Frankie. Thank you, sir. Hallover is the crazy one, not government cut. Oh, that's what it is. It's Hallover, the one that I see all the highlights from. Okay, because you go, you go on YouTube. Oh, you know what? You're right. It does say Hallover. It doesn't say government cut. It does say Hallover. You're right about that. That's right. Go on YouTube and look at the Hallover crossing or whatever they call it. Um, and it's funny, dude. I mean, the people like smaller boats and and they're flying off the boats because the waves just like bam and 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 people are just flying off the boats it's it's scary and funny scary for them hilarious for us it's kind of the way i look at it uh port of miami government cut you're right big o i i I think that one's pretty bad but i think they're right that the one that i saw the the those highlights i think are from hollow but again the drake passage would make that look like child's play put it that way and that's what i think will be that's kind of my point the kind of season it'll be for the heat if they try to do this 